Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, I am amazed that you are so quickly forsaking the one who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, not that there is another. But there are some who are disturbing you and wish to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, let that one be accursed. As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you received, let that one be accursed. Am I now currying favor with human beings or God? Or am I seeking to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a slave of Christ. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human being, nor was I taught it, but it came through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord will remember His covenant forever. The Lord will remember His covenant forever. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. In the company and assembly of the just, great are the works of the Lord, exquisite in all their delights. The Lord will remember His covenant forever. The works of His hands are faithful and just. Sure are all His precepts, reliable forever and ever, wrought in truth and equity. The Lord will remember His covenant forever. He has sent deliverance to His people. He has ratified His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. His praise endures forever. The Lord will remember His covenant forever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. But a Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged them. 
Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instructions, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. These readings, friends, are assigned for today's liturgy and are very appropriate for this international gathering, this international week of prayer and fasting. Because they focus on the fact that there is a gospel that we do not create and that there is a duty toward our neighbor that we also do not create. These are given to us by God, the truth in which we are to believe, the love which we are to practice. Notice what St. Paul says to the Galatians. He says, yes, you have teachers, you have preachers of the gospel. We have our priests and deacons, we have our bishops and popes. We have teachers, and teaching is identified by St. Paul as one of the gifts given by the Spirit for the building up of the body of Christ. So this is important. It can't be ignored. We listen to those who speak to us in the name of Christ. But then Paul raises a possibility, a warning, that some who are preaching the gospel might not accurately represent what the gospel is. And then he leaves it to the people to be the judge of that. Notice, because he says, we ourselves could fall into this. Because, friends, the fact that someone is preaching the gospel doesn't mean that that makes that person perfect. Sometimes we will sin, and we can even sin by manipulating the gospel to our own ends and misrepresenting it. So Paul says, you know, it could be us, could be some other preacher, could even be an angel from heaven. Don't accept that gospel. Now, but what if the person misrepresenting the gospel, or what if the angel from heaven says that this is the gospel you received? Because Paul says, if they preach something different than the gospel you received, in other words, Jesus preached it, it was handed on to the apostles, and then this great handing on, which in Latin is traditio, the root of the word tradition, is is underway, that's how the gospel comes to you. It's handed on. It's got to be handed on faithfully. And you can recognize it, Paul is saying. It's not some secret knowledge. It's open to everyone. So Paul says, you look at what you have received, and then you listen to what the preacher is saying, and if, that's a, if what the person in front of you is saying is a different gospel, pay no attention to him. Pay attention to what you have already received. In other words, it's not a surprise every day. It's not something different every day. So the person hearing it needs to be able to discern that. Because what if the preacher 
What if the angel from heaven says, oh, well, no, don't trust me. The gospel I'm giving you is the one that you received. It is the same gospel. Paul is saying here, you have enough knowledge. You have the same spirit who wrote the gospel. You can tell the sense of the faithful, it's called. You can tell if it's the gospel you receive. It's not rocket science. So if anyone preaches to you the gospel, something different than the gospel you receive, don't listen to them. Don't be disturbed by them. This International Week of Prayer and Fasting is meant to root us more deeply, first of all, in the truth of the gospel. And secondly, it's meant to root us more deeply in the duty of love of neighbor, which Jesus explains in this parable of the Good Samaritan. Notice, who is my neighbor is the question that prompts the parable. And Jesus is saying, who your neighbor is, whom you have a duty to serve, is not determined by you. The priest and the Levite thought it was. Well, if I don't, you know, if I don't have the time, if I don't have the, you know, the duty, if I, if I, if I for some reason can't do it, I, I can choose not to. That's not my neighbor if I don't choose to care for them. But Jesus says, no, it's not determined by what's inside of you. It's determined by what the need of the neighbor is. The man fell victim to robbers. That had nothing to do with the Samaritan. The Samaritan didn't decide that, that this neighbor was going to be attacked that day. But when the Samaritan saw his need, he turned things around, rearranged his own priorities and his own expenses, and helped him. Our duty to our neighbor is not determined by us. It's determined by the need that the neighbor has. It's not determined by what's politically correct or by who's going to praise us for doing that service. One of the key foundational elements of the International Week of Prayer and Fasting is to pray and fast to end abortion. And brothers and sisters, I think of Cardinal John O'Connor who ordained me to the priesthood and gave me permission to do pro-life work full-time, which I've been doing since 1993 as director of Priests for Life. And the cardinal always pointed out how when he spoke up for the, the poor, when he spoke up for the sick, people praised him left and right. But when he spoke up for the unborn, those same people, including those in the media, would criticize him. But who our neighbor is and whom we're going to serve and whom we're going to speak up for is not determined by us. It's determined by their need. The unborn are the most in need and therefore the ones for whom we should be speaking up the most. Martin Luther King Jr. and his niece Alvita has worked on our Priests for Life team. She was a full-time member for some 16 years and is now part-time. She... And I often have talked about the fact that on the night before he was assassinated, her uncle, Martin Luther King Jr., preached on this parable. It was to the sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee, and he said, look, so why did the priest and Levite pass on the opposite side, as the gospel says? 
says, maybe it was because they knew that was a dangerous road. It was called the Bloody Pass, this road from Jerusalem to Jericho. Maybe they passed on the other side because they thought that the robbers who had attacked that, that one victim might be waiting around the next corner to attack them. Maybe they said, if I stop to help this man, what's going to happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question and asked, if I don't stop to help this man, what's going to happen to him? Brothers and sisters, as we pray and as we fast, and this Samaritan must have done that in his own way, the priest and the Levite, they are probably slacking off in their prayer and fasting. Because when we pray and fast, the needs of our neighbor come more front and center in our mind. And we're more responsive to them. Let's be responsive to the unborn. Let them be real for us. Let us approach the victim, looking at their images. Go to lookatabortion.org, looking at these babies, learning more about them, going to their grave sites like we did recently last month for the National Day of Remembrance, which I co-founded, when people came across the nation to pray at the gravesides of aborted babies. Approach the victim in your thoughts, in your prayers, in your actions. Go to the abortion facilities and pray at the 40 days and other kinds of vigils at these places where they are killed. Don't stay from a distance. Approach the victim and know that it is the victim's need that determines your priorities for serving them. May this week of prayer and fasting light and grow the fire of our devotion to the truth of the one gospel and the care of our most vulnerable neighbors, starting with the unborn. God bless you all, brothers and sisters. May the Lord Jesus Christ show us his salvation and mercy during these special days. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.